we're now looking at a much lower number, uh, hopefully under 20,000 cases in this wave of the pandemic. Uh, and so this means that if you think back to sort of our best and worst cases, we're starting in terms of our cases uh, to look more like the best case. All right. Looks like uh, we're heading for a best case scenario here in the province of Ontario when it comes to COVID-19. Let's do a deeper dive into these new modeling numbers released this afternoon. Here is Toronto doctor, public health expert, Dr. Adam Kassam. He rejoins us here on the MacArthur Show on Global News Radio 640 Toronto. Doctor, good afternoon. Jeff, good to be with you. Likewise. uh, First off, okay, 20,000. This is the best case scenario. So is this proof positive, doctor, that the social physical distancing, that it's working? It's certainly working uh, in some respects as far as the numbers that we're seeing, right? And so I think that what we know about COVID-19 and the pandemic is telling us this around the world is that in the absence of of an adequate treatment and a vaccine, our biggest uh, tool that we have right now uh, is, is the physical distancing measures. And, and what we're finding is with the numbers that those are showing to be quite effective. I think one of the important things to recognize here, Jeff, is that these numbers, are, of course, represent a lag, right? And so these numbers uh, right now represent what would have happened a couple of weeks ago. And so hopefully that is something that continues moving forward. And I think the clip that you just had initially uh, aired was talking about this wave of numbers, right? And so that's the most important part of this, which is that our public health officials expect subsequent waves. And so we are still very much in the early innings of this ballgame. All right. So have we peaked then? Are we likely at this juncture now if these numbers are lagging a week or two behind? Are we in fact flattening the curve, do you think? I think there's some cautious optimism that uh, we are seeing, starting to see some flattening. And, you know, peaks are once again moving targets. And I think that right now, given what our public health officials have told us, this is very encouraging as far as them believing, as far as their modeling is concerned, that their peak has been sort of in this window that they're seeing right now. So I think that there is some cautious optimism right now in the community. You know, we talked two, three weeks ago when the initial modeling was released and we got the worst case scenario of some 300,000 cases. And there was, I guess, some concern there that that was really shocking for people. And maybe the government was trying to scare us straight when it came to social or physical distancing. Are there some concerns, do you think, doctor, on the other side now, now that we're headed for a best case scenario, according to our experts, less than 20,000 cases in the province, that when the numbers are this low, that there's a fear that people might become a little less vigilant in the days and weeks to come when it comes to distancing? I think that's absolutely a tendency to look at these numbers and say, hey, listen, you know, we've kind of beat this and we should, uh, you know, open up everything again and get back to normal. And, and I think everyone wants that to happen. But I think if you look at places like Italy and, and even Japan now, which is now experiencing sort of a second wave of, uh, of infection, um, we are we have to be very mindful that this is a good first and second step. But there are many steps in this uh, in this process. And I think that right now, uh, we have to remain vigilant, we have to continue doing our part. And that's going to be continuing to be a hard thing to do, especially as the weather gets better. But as the Premier said, um, you know, we need to to keep our foot in the gas here and, 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 and do our part moving forward. Yeah, I'm glad you mentioned Italy and Japan in the so-called second wave, because I know on the heels of the numbers we're getting here in Ontario today, the head of the World Health Organization said that, quote, the worst is yet ahead of us. And those are, I think, doctors, some pretty sobering words, considering, again, what we heard from our government today. 
Yeah, no, Jeff, look, I think, um, again, cautious optimism, at least here in Ontario, and, and Canadian numbers are, are relatively flat as, as far as sort of the, the past couple of weeks. But once again, uh, in the absence of, of, of effective treatment and in the absence of a vaccine, which we know is going to be a year away, uh, this is not going any. This is not going away anytime soon. And so, people need to, I think, recognize that we're. This will be a new normal for some time. And the economy, uh, people, institutions, schools, etc. There is going to be a uh, sort of a, an easing of restrictions, but the forecast for that still remains to be seen. Let's talk a bit about that as we're joined by Dr. Adam Kassam, a Toronto-based doctor and public health expert, digging into the new modeling numbers that the province has released this afternoon. Premier Ford saying just moments ago that uh, they are starting to talk about a gradual reopening of the economy using the uh, data, the numbers that are in front of them. What do you think is the chief medical officer, uh, what is he likely weighing when it comes to making this uh, crucial decision? I think he's looking at certainly the capacity in hospitals right now. And so right now, based on the numbers that they released today, and this is on page 15 of their report, uh, they had 687 available ICU beds from their baseline ICU numbers that we have in Ontario with an additional capacity of about 1,497 additional beds that were added. So there is a lot of capacity still in the system now. Uh, That should be tempered by an understanding that if we start reopening and start seeing spikes uh, of infection, which other countries have already experienced, uh, this could, again, overwhelm the system very, very quickly, right? And so we need to be mindful that, yes, these numbers are good. Uh, We need to continue for them to be good. And let's take the example of China, for example. One of the things that that was a metric for them uh, in order to reopen the economy was two weeks of of a decline of single-digit deaths from COVID. And we're not at that point yet. So they had to have two weeks of single-digit deaths um, in order to start reopening the economy. So in many ways, the rhetoric that you're hearing in the United States about reopening their economy, et cetera, and places around the world um, actually uh, is a bit more aggressive than other places that have been even harder hit than, uh, than, than we have. Yeah, when we talk about gradually reopening the economy and business in this province, I know testing is so key, and there's been so much talk about ramping up testing and getting to that thirteen or 14,000 mark uh, per day. Uh, are we there yet? Are we doing enough testing that we can reliably start reopening the economy, do you think? I don't think so. Uh, look, Jeff, um, you know, since this all started, uh, what we've seen is a shortage of PPE for medical workers. That still hasn't been resolved uh, in the ways that we would like. So there are doctors, for example, still working in unsafe environments. Uh, there is testing capacity issues all across this province, right? So whether it's a, a, a lack of swabs, testing kits, reagents, what have you, there are still shortages. Um, and so, you know, this is the government's responsibility, and they need to step up to the plate. Not only that, Jeff, and I'd like to add this, um, you know, doctors aren't being paid right now for their work. Uh, these are frontline doctors putting their life and limb on the line, and, they, and the government has said that they are not going to pay doctors. I think this is a complete um, unacceptable situation and something that, is, uh, that, that we need to address very, very soon, if not already. Just finally, doctor, uh, let me ask you, there has been some talk when it comes to reopening the economy that perhaps we should lift the restrictions in rural areas that not ha- that have not been hit as hard as, say, as big metropolitan centers like uh, Toronto. From a medical standpoint, does that make sense or are we just so interconnected that we're just going to have to lift the limitations uh, right across the province one by one? 
That's a good point, Jeff. And, you know, uh, President Trump was talking about how rural or more rural states would be able to get back to a more normal life sooner than other places. And there is some good theory behind that. However, as you just alluded to, there is so much interconnectivity, right? We're we're a very globalized and regionalized economy that uh, travel between these places is substantial. And that the, the whole issue right now is that travel, as you're seeing around the world, was part of the reason why we are in this in this sort of situation as as it as it exists. And so um, travel interconnected economies make the opening, even in rural areas, still a very, very um, uh, tough challenge for, for public health officials in terms of their, their decisions. Dr. Kassam, appreciate the time and the perspective as always. No doubt we'll be talking in the uh, days and weeks ahead. Thanks again Thank you, so Jeff. much. Thank you, Jeff. Take care.